0: Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I just think it's so cool to discover Milwaukee through the people's stories, the company stories, and, and figure out how we became the culture and place we are today.
1: From the Fox 6 studios, this is definitely Milwaukee. Conversations with the movers and shakers that put our slice of Wisconsin on the map in the worlds of entertainment, business, sports, and more. I'm Carl Deffenbaugh. A fresh perspective on Milwaukee's past. When you think of a historical society, you probably don't picture a 29-year-old at the helm. But that's how old Mae McCulley was when she took over as executive director of the Milwaukee County Historical Society. Her energy and passion for her hometown are undeniable. And from their offices in an old bank building off of Old World 3rd Street, we dug into the society's vast collection. Why they have a mummified cat, where Milwaukee's red light district used to be, and how Pabst Brewing earned that blue ribbon. Here's the catch, it wasn't for the beer. Plus, we get into the challenge of digitizing and preserving our current history in an age when everything is in an email or on our phones. We'll also have the Fox 6 pack of questions with the newest meteorologist at Fox 6, Eric Mangus. But first, let's turn back the clock with Maine McCullough. We are in the building of the Milwaukee County Historical Society with the executive director of the society, Mae McCulley, joining us here to tell us all things yes. Milwaukee history. This is a fascinating building and organization, and thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Tell us uh, a little bit for people who are not familiar, what kind of the main mission or what you guys do here at the society, and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff as sure well. Sure thing.
0: So the society was founded in 1935 to collect, preserve, and make available materials relating to Milwaukee County. So that could be uh, the 75th 5,000 artifacts we have, more than a million documents, more than a million photos, uh, about any subject you could imagine, literally, um, transportation, um, old retail, um, buildings, people's homes, people, um, major companies, so we have it.
1: Wow. And it's quite a record going back. Uh, I'll certainly ask you some of the more interesting things and whatnot, but do you want to give people a sense of maybe one or two of the really cool things that you can really only find through the society?
0: Uh, Well, so we have the only blue ribbons that Pabst ever won, uh, which it was actually not for their beer. It was for the draft horses in the 1904 uh, World's Fair in St. Louis. And so I really love those. I also really enjoy the um just the beer and brewing collection in general because it's so milwaukee yeah. uh, and billy the brownie because i had grandparents that truly loved billy and grew up with him uh we have him here in many forms uh, cool. as he evolved uh through time in the store windows of gimbals and schuster's so.
1: so pbr is that a lie Peps blue ribbon the the beer is not actually the <laughs> blue ribbon beer no. actually
0: so they would have w- won gold medals back then okay. uh but you know at the time, um, which is, you know, before the turn century, a, a blue ribbon meant that that was the premiere, that was winning, that was the best. And so it was a marketing thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they definitely had that on before they actually ever... One. <laughs>
1: and still a marketing thing. Yeah. Though, yeah. Many, uh, well, now it's just the name. Years yeah, later yeah, as well. Yeah. You mentioned how vast the collection is. Uh, so a hundred thousand different documents and pictures and million. things. A Million. Over wow. Millions. Over yeah. a million. Yeah. And seventy-five thousand of the actual artifacts. Where do you store this? Because I'm kind of envisioning like the end of Indiana Jones. <laughs> this just giant place with uh, unending boxes.
0: Of I wish things. it was that cool. <laughs> uh, it is though. It, it's really neat to see. But uh, we have a lot of our collection here on site. We have um, the lower level is. Full, Uh, And then we have a whole storage warehouse um, outside of downtown area that we keep everything else at. Um, So what we try to do is have a lot of our archives here, though, because people come to our research library six days a week Mm -hmm. throughout the year, and that allows us to give them um, immediate turnaround when they ask for a document. Uh, every document, every artifact has a number and that allows us to find it immediately. I
1: was going to ask how you organize something when it, when yeah. it is that vast, because it's got to yeah. be one thing to have it, but it's another thing to actually be able to find it. For
0: yes. Folks. I mean, our archivists are essentially librarians, yeah. right? And um, they uh, put a number and a finding aid to everything we do.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. You're, you're from the Milwaukee area originally. How did Born you kind of get into this line of work?
0: Well, born and raised in Milwaukee, and I went off to school in Michigan and then found myself in Washington, D.C., which was just a wonderful place to be young and have opportunities. And I started doing marketing for a historical um, house museum uh, called Decatur House on Lafayette Mm. Square. It was a beautiful home across from um, the White House uh, right in downtown D.C. and 16th and H there, and uh, went on to work for the White House Historical Association. Uh, doing marketing, uh, worked with the um, the annual White House Christmas ornament actually, and that was a, <laughs> a neat thing. And then I went uh, to the National Trust for Historic Preservation and uh, managed the marketing for all of their historic sites. Uh, and so I, I just kept going with these this historical theme with the marketing. Uh, and then I um, helped to um, oversee the marketing department. And then this came, and I had that weird. Uh, background of being able to market and admin um, uh, organization, but also understand how to take care of historic sites and collections, and it, it just sort of happened. <laughs> it was
1: just meant to be. Yeah, I guess, and yeah, all and I love Milwaukee it, and I love well. sharing
0: Milwaukee's story. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the coolest uh, thing about uh, working here.
1: Have you always been someone who was interested in history, kind of interested in, in our our place in time and where we've come, or was that a more uh, more recent thing as you got through college and work?
0: So this is small walkie and my history teachers at Pius high school could probably hear this and they will tell you I was not that engaged. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure. But I I liked it to a point. Um, it wasn't what I loved, loved. Um, but I enjoyed it. And where I really meet with history, the best is that it's the storytelling and it's understanding a place for the people and the stories that, you know, bring it alive. Um, So I'm more apt to be really sucked in by a really great uh, story from someone who grew up on, you know, X Street and wants to tell us about it. Uh, So that's I I think of it more as storytelling, especially when it's local history. Uh, I'm less likely to give you the dates and, you know, who was wearing what on what date. But uh, I, I just think it's so cool to discover Milwaukee through the people's stories, the company stories, and, and figure out how we became the culture and place we are today.
1: We certainly uh, love that in our line of work too, yes. uh, being storytellers. But yes. I imagine that's, a, that's an easier way to get people interested in as well, when you do have a, a story to tell versus mm-hmm. just a, a date or on this year this happened or something. It, it does exactly. kind of connect people maybe over the years and generations.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we run into people all the time and you say the Milwaukee County Historical Society and they're like, oh, I don't like history. And then five minutes later, they're done telling me about their uncle's store on you—you you know Mitchell Street. And yeah, but you don't like history. <laughs> and so, yes, I think that is a way people connect in general is by telling each other stories and understanding um, who they are. And so it's no different when it's a historical story. Uh, and so, yeah, we find that we can relate best to people when we talk about Milwaukee through the stories that happened versus, um, rattling off dates.
1: Um, I'll get back to Milwaukee for sure for most of this, but I'd be curious with your time in DC and a nice chunk of time there as well. Anything particular that stands out in the terms of uh, what you learned and some of the, the artifacts and things that you got to be uh, around in DC and our nation's capital.
0: Working in DC was just so neat. It was, you know, it's people come and go into the city. So you got to meet so many amazing people and, uh, Actually, one of the books I worked on well, at the White House Historical Society or Association was with Roland Mesnier, who was the pastry chef of the White House, and he is a character. He'd actually get on an airplane, uh, put his chef's hat on and walk down the airplane and start talking about his book. <laughs> so that was a, a highlight for sure. Uh, and then um, there was another, it's called the Working White House. It was an exhibit they did uh, at the White House Visitor Center and also um, a program we did where we interviewed people kind of behind the scenes at the White House. You you always hear about the big names, not the, uh, so the Chief Usher who was uh, there the day that uh, Kennedy was assassinated was um, moving actually to hear him speak. You had uh, some of the chefs in the kitchen. um, The one recalled the fact that for the Bushes, you usually get eight years and then you see the family, uh, you know, and they go away, you know. Well, when the Bushes came back, they really got to see the, the family again. And yeah. you grow very close. And so they were talking about how cool it was to once again be making the cakes for the kids' birthdays mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was a really neat time, uh, great uh, experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, but um, ultimately, uh, I'm happy to be back in Milwaukee, especially for traffic reasons. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. As
1: someone who grew up in Maryland, I yeah. can relate to that. DC yes. traffic is the worst.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. But, you know, we go back and visit, and when I said I was coming back to Milwaukee, the people there were like, finally. They knew I missed it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it seems like you found a perfect landing spot. What is it about Milwaukee's history in particular that you love diving into and love getting to share?
0: Well, I... You know, I'm a You Singers fan. I, I was flying that home to DC when I was away. <laughs> I heard so, some story
1: about the TSA maybe having uh, yes, actually, questions about the sausages that you were traveling back and forth with. Yeah.
0: No, literally that happened. And um, they looked at me and they said, You Singers? Like, yeah. How do you know? And they said that in the cheese cheesehead um, material, you know, the <laughs> foam, uh, has to go off and they have to take it out. So that, I, I eventually just would own up to it. I was like, There's You Singers in there and they just take it right away. Which was great. Uh, but yeah, so there's. Um, that, you know, I love the the food scene in Milwaukee. We have a great Bloody Mary culture. Yeah. Uh, and so that's great. And then I really grew up with my grandparents bringing the Billy the Brownie story. So I always thought Billy was watching. So I feel like Billy the Brownie was really Elf on the Shelf for <laughs> me before, you know, Elf on the Shelf sure. existed. Uh, I would go to bed perfectly when i thought billy was watching uh so you know those things um are great tailgating i don't know that other cities do it better than us nope. uh so i loved you know living not far from the Brewers stadium growing up so yeah it's I, I i just embrace milwaukee and now you know the river and the river walk is uh, something that i'm you know passionate about and work with and uh, just you know, continuing to see Milwaukee for it is a lot of fun.
1: And you guys are located in this beautiful bank building right next mm-hmm. to the river too, in Pier Marquette Park. It's a nice place to uh, come to work every day, I'm sure.
0: Great view. My favorite thing every spring from my office here, you can um, it's looking out at the Kilbourne Street Bridge. When I hear the dinging of the bridge, mm-hmm. I know that spring is is here and there's warm weather coming. Yeah, it's no like, more
1: ice in the river. <laughs> yes. The boats can get there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about the work that you guys do here. How do you collect all these items? Who mm-hmm. comes to you for this information? And then I know you guys do a lot of exhibitions and stuff around as well.
0: We do. So our collection is um, all donated by Milwaukeeans or people who somehow came across you know, something and wanted to be back in Milwaukee. So it's not a collection we've ever purchased or anything like that. So we really rely on people to see this as, if you will, Milwaukee's attic or the the place that if you want something to be there for generations to come, uh, that's our job to make sure it's available. So that's how we came about our collection. And we share it through exhibits, you're, you're correct. And, uh, and then our, we have education programs, field trips, uh, events throughout the year, and there are historic sites. So there's no short, you know, shortage of ways to do it. But um, our exhibits are fun because we've gone with broader themes in the recent years so that, you know, you might have an attraction to a topic different than me, sure. but we both want to come. So uh, this past uh, year we looked at prohibition though, and that was, people enjoy that. Yeah. We've done beer and brewing, sports, music, architecture, uh, and kind of just gone down those broader themes. This coming year, uh, January, we will launch. Milwaukee Treasures exhibit, which is really the things you don't get to see uh, Milwaukee artifacts-wise uh, otherwise. So um, we've asked different groups in town for their personal, you know, things from their personal collections, whether that's, uh, you know, ethnic organizations, companies, people's private collections, and then our own. And so we're going to pull real smorgasbord of things, <laughs> and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And then typically we don't do a large summer exhibit but this year we are and it's going to be the political history of Uh milwaukee
1: perfect for the dnc coming to town
0: yes and that will be really neat because we have that you know socialist history here uh, which people are you know very interested in Um, and then with the anniversary we've got the 100th anniversary of women's right to vote so we're going to uh, incorporate that into the exhibit as well so i think it'll be a, a fun destination this summer to come and you know, as history is happening here, learn about how we got to today.
1: Yeah, very yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this will come through because this is audio, not, not video necessarily, but you and I are around the same age, I mm-hmm. believe. And I believe when you first got the job here, 29? Was yes. that how old you were when you first yep. got hired? Okay. Yes. Um, I imagine many people would not picture someone running a historical society Mm -hmm. to be 29 years old. So, Mm -hmm. did you face any pushback? And then also, what uh, I guess different vantage point do you think being on the younger side gives you as you as you do run this organization and kind of steer it into the future?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, I think the first is energy. I've got that, and anybody (laughs) wants. I
1: think I've noticed (laughs) that in a brief time here. Yeah.
0: So, I think that's a major uh, asset. But you know, when I met with the board about this position. Everything was about the fact that they wanted to broaden our audience and become a destination in Milwaukee, but also be out in the neighborhoods and involved in Milwaukee, um, and really play a role in in letting people know why Milwaukee is what it is today. And so I think that in order to do that, you have to be that. And so your board and your staff has to represent, you know, as broad as what you want to reach. Um, And so we've been, you know, trying to move forward with that for years. Uh, So I I do get surprise from people. Um, The funnier part is with older generations, I remember the Great Circus Parade um, vividly, and that was a big part of growing up. Uh, And then, you know, you've heard me talk about Billy, and so I can connect with them on that. (laughs) Uh, But then I can also... Uh, connect with my generation and families. I have two uh, children I'm growing, uh, raising here and are growing up in Milwaukee. So I I want this to be a place where everyone feels like it's their historical society, because it is, and we need to um, be reaching far out into neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and far out to um, anyone who wants to learn about Milwaukee history. So I think that's been, uh, you know, one thing I I can do. Um, Now, you know, when I worked for the White House Historical Association, I worked with this amazing lady who had worked in one of the presidential administrations and she was almost, you know, four times my age. And, <laughs> uh, people said, well, I bet you could run circles around. I said, well, no, she can write a press release from first person. She was the, you know, right, I had to there. go look it all up. So, you know, I, I think, um, all ages bring a benefit, but, uh, I think energy has been an asset here and. Well, a 29-year-old has that. So.
1: What have been some of the pushes that you've uh, especially tried to make or some of the, the, the changes that you've made to the way the society either looks towards its goals or things like that over the years?
0: Sure. Uh, collaboration is, I think, our biggest tool, and that's something we've really tried to work into. I think our music exhibit had 17 partners wow. on it uh, because we're not telling the best story if we're telling it from our vantage point and not talking to these organizations and the the people that are there today who know what the past was. And so collaboration is huge and partnerships. Uh, and I think that, um, that's a a major piece. We also have Milwaukee museum week, which kicked off, um, for the first time last January, we're doing it again this January. So look for it. And I think that was the first time that uh, Milwaukee's museums came together uh, as Mm -hmm. well. So, um, not just thinking of ourselves in a silo, but thinking of, you know, ourselves as part of the cultural economy and, and, um, Uh, in Milwaukee and what do people get from a community and from our kind of institutions. So that's what we've really looked at and you know having a broad interest. So education programs are huge for us. It it, it means a lot to us to be able to serve schools from throughout the county and and actually uh, areas around Milwaukee County as well. And so we partnered with the Wisconsin Historical Society last year to do that better and so now in addition to having uh, field trip programs, we go into schools and we have a free program where um, our educator goes and does a history kit with the classroom for um, about an hour in, in their school. So. Uh, if they can't reach us, we're going to reach them, <laughs> and, and we're coming to them.
1: Neat. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too. Um, you mentioned uh, some of the ways that you look at history and kind of a much broader idea maybe than mm-hmm. some people would think from a textbook or something mm-hmm. like that. Why is it so important, though, to to recognize, to honor, to continue to document our history because of, mm-hmm. of kind of the, the vision or scale, scope it gives us over the years?
0: So I think for me it's, you know, um, and you always hear people say that, you know, learn from the past, you, you know, you don't wanna make the same mistake somebody already else has, so there's that. Uh, but there's also the fact of, I think, you know better who you are and what we can be and um, where we excel and such. If we look at the, the past and, and learn from those um, mistakes or uh, you know grow off of opportunities that have presented themselves, um, So, you know, it also makes me optimistic for Milwaukee. At one point, we were the healthiest uh, city in the United States. Yeah. Really? Uh, Yes. Um, (laughs) You can tell the the face I just made there. Yeah. Um, But there's no reason we can't be that. And, you know, uh, sustainability is a a big thing for me. And um, look where we sit. We sit on one of the great lakes. I mean, when you look at the world, we have the fresh water here that people would kill for other places um so i think you know we we were actually in a recent conversation about the fact that you know people moved here for the water you know um uh, the first people were here for that and then you know um that's how uh, people immigrated here and and then we weren't treating the water very well and then we had this huge uh Um, surge of oh we got to treat our water better and you know the Milwaukee rivers come so far and the lakes and all that and then now we're kind of at a point where this is all that's talking about is what's actually happening in our rivers Mm -hmm. and our waterways um, and lakes so it's kind of you know full circle uh, a few times so um, I think it's really important that and I think you know, myself as Milwaukee and others, we figure out more about who we are and why our life is the way it is and the buildings that surround us and the things and the companies and um, the festivals we have because of the past. We figure out why that exists today. And I think that's a neat perspective when you uh, start to realize that. And when you look at the past, so many things started so small, one idea or one, you know, thought and grew so big. And um, we can do that. We can, you know, make impact. So I think that's neat
1: we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but i'm fascinated by how the work of an archivist and and Mm -hmm. someone who runs a historical society will change over the years now that we are in such a digital and electronic age you won't Mm -hmm. necessarily have documents and pictures actually physically printed off because mm-hmm. everything gets emailed back and forth mm-hmm. or shared or texted or something. How yeah. does that change? Uh, Cause I imagine you, you do think about how will this continue? How will sure. we adapt to this time as a way to, to record and document it?
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll think about it this way. Our conversation right now yeah. might've been in an article in the past, uh, written, printed, uh, but now it's going to be digital that's and a that's great it. Point. And so that is something, you know, we have to harness better and, um, It's especially hard the smaller historical society you are because this is extreme cost to digitize and um, figure out. So that's something that is in our 10-year goal um, and we're working towards and understanding what are the best avenues for us to uh, grow in that, um, in our digitization and our ability to... uh, um, Keep you know video and film, and you know we have slides up to Azu. So right now we're actually working on the slides and getting those all digitized, um, but making sure that the way we digitize them now can easily move forward into the future too. So there's so many different. Uh, things to think about, but it's, it's a major goal here at the Milwaukee County historical society. It is something that every historical society and any group like us, libraries and such is trying to figure out what's the best way for them to do that. Um, and ensure that the collections that they have are available for the public. Hmm. So, um, it's not something I can say we figured out, uh, in full yet, but it's, um, something we're definitely putting our time and effort towards. And, um, I hope, you know, in seven, eight, nine years, you can say, Oh, look at what you guys have done. And, uh, um, and more importantly, that when you come here, you can find what you're looking for. So,
1: Do you worry, and sometimes I think about this too, just that, that we are losing a lot because it doesn't necessarily get saved. I mean, I think about the fact I have pictures uh, of me in high school, of me growing mm-hmm. up, of me kind of starting college, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of stops because <laughs> everything's in a Facebook album or everything's on my computer if yes. I don't go and print it off, and I think uh, there's a lot of relationships including like my wife I have early stages of our relationship and then it doesn't necessarily uh, translate physically is is there a concern that there is something lost there
0: I'm sure there is I mean it's funny you say that because my first conversations um that are written I guess with um who's now my husband um when he was like hey you know what where do you want to meet or something was is on Facebook Messenger I mean think about that uh so no I know we we have lost that and you know I gave you the example earlier when we were chatting about you know things used to be written, and we would write letters back and forth. People weren't saving emails the same way. Now, you can, you know, have those on a server and keep all those emails, but you're not going to come across it as you clean out a box like right. you would. Um, you know, my my family all grew up here, and my um, my mom's family, uh, the Dugans, and there's eight kids and then my grandparents. And my grandparents um, apparently went on a trip to Massachusetts at one point and ended up buying a beautiful dining room table, I think it was. Well, anyway... Um, Flash forward many, many years, and my grandparents were no longer with us, and my uncle had been living for about 20 years in Littleton, Massachusetts. My mom comes across a letter, and the letter is from the person um, that my grandparents bought this uh, piece of furniture from. And it was a few doors down from where my uncle was living. Today, we never would have known yeah. that. Certainly not from the credit card, uh, the online order I would have put it through on a credit yeah. card or something like that. So, you know, just something like that. Uh, or you know, we have people here who come in, understand um, their pass through handwritten letters that we have uh, here. So, I, I think you know, it's something to say. Keep, keep writing. Keep, yeah. Don't don't let it be all over email. Uh, and, you know, I hope, though, that from the most important documents that we have, um, that we definitely have, you know, everyone um, works towards how do we digitize or keep in a way that we can find and, you know, have for years to come. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, your birth certificate, uh, those things we can count on, they're paper right. and <laughs> stuff. But I think it's those other things that really can mean a lot, like uh letter from your grandma or uh photos of, you know, you when you're young, your, your grandkids sure, are going to yeah. want those someday So how are you making sure? Um, so I guess go to Walgreens yep. to print it. Yep. Add that um, to my to do yeah, list this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's something to think about and what kind of, uh, print legacy or you know paper legacy do you want to leave and yeah. maybe we're better off because we can curate that and say yeah uh because you know it used to be we take a roll of film not know what it would come back yep. like right and those are there i know they're in my parents house <laughs> uh but now i could just say there's the one good one and yeah, just print that out so yeah. Save. <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah. um it, it is important though and i i Hope we don't lose as much. Um, it, it's probably inevitable, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to have some fun stuff. You want to tell me about some of the the, the quirky or particular peculiar things you've come across that you've discovered in the uh, sure. society's collection? Anything particularly come to mind? Well, our right Jeremiah off the jump?
0: Curtin collection is really interesting. <laughs> and Jeremiah Curtin was an immigrant boy um, who came to Milwaukee. He spoke so many languages. I mean, it's I think 16 fluently or something like that. Wow. He's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. We have his historic site out in Greendale, and the children especially love to see um, his collection. He does have a mummified cat, uh, <laughs> some mummified body parts, and that's always interesting. Why? Um, that he was a very eclectic uh, collector, okay. traveled the world. He's got. Uh, it, actually, it's interesting because he's a Milwaukeean, but a lot of things from his collection are from his travels around the world, hmm. uh, and those ended up with us. Uh, so we have that. Um, also, what we like to do with the kids who come to Trimborne Farm, which we have our education programs out there, is we give them, it looks like a black ball. It's kind of, you know, it's round, but it's, you know, not perfect. And they all hold it and pass it around. And then we say, well, this is what they would have, you know, played with when, you know, you know oh, okay, what do you think it's made of? It's a cow's hairball, essentially. I mean, that's, it's like recreated <laughs> by a cow. And they're like, you know, it immediately drops. And uh, so now I've gotten um, smarter and I, collect it before I tell them what it is. Yeah, you know, so smart. It on the floor. Uh, so, you know, we have things like that. Um, and then, jeez, the photo collection, you can find anything and everything in... Uh, there's no limit there.
1: If I give you some categories, maybe would that help? Uh, maybe something. spark something? Yeah. So um, maybe if it's something from Milwaukee's sports history or brewing history, you mentioned the Blue Ribbons, if there's something else that comes. Right.
0: Uh, the brewing history. So we have all the, this is weird. We um, just kind of maybe about a year ago. We have all the keys from uh, the Schlitz Brewery. <laughs> it's a whole board of keys. And they're actually really cool, but you couldn't open anything now. Right. One. You know, I'm not sure how much history it holds other than... Um, It was the keys for everything, but it's kind of random and and different. Uh, And um, we really have an extensive collection of paps and, you know, such like that. And their awards are beautiful. I love seeing those. We do have uh, um, police artifacts, uh, things like that. And so we have what would have been um, kind of booby traps. Hmm. Uh, Like we did get a call um, from a local company. They won't tell us who it was. They were disabling a vault and they had like this booby trap in the vault door. Well, it turns out, it, I mean, it had tear gas in it, essentially. I mean, you know, it would have like not, so we said, no, please call hazmat, not right. us. Uh, and, and deal with that. So yeah, you get everything and anything. We have a, you know, there's um, documents for the red light district of Milwaukee which would have been actually where the Marcus Center is now. I was going to ask, okay. Yeah, so it was always Performing Center, <laughs>
1: I guess. Different kind of yeah. performing.
0: Yeah, the history just goes back way further than the 50 years of the Marcus yeah. Center. But uh, yeah, so it, it can be a lot of fun. And it also, you know, I recently bought a house in Milwaukee, and you go and try to find photos of that. People do that. It was fun. Um, day uh, Michael Lilac was here, and he had found a document that... Um, so they pretty much think that they... Know where all the Frankwood Wright houses are, but he found a document upstairs that proved that a home in Shorewood was actually an original Frankwood Wright. Wow! So those are exciting days here, uh, and then you have other times where someone comes in and they find a piece, a document, a piece that just tells them everything they need to know about you know themselves or you know that they were missing or something like that, and that's really wonderful to yeah. see. Or um, we had a new board member. Um, and he was up looking at naturalization documents, and in walks another board member. He's looking over his shoulder at the naturalization documents, and it turns out that one board member's grandfather was the person who sponsored the other board member's uh, grandfather um, for the naturalization. Yeah. I mean, isn't that weird, actually? Yeah, what a small world. It's kind of creepy when you think of it. So we have those really fun things uh, that happen here, and... um, neat discoveries, cool photos. I could sit with the photo collection for a while. Oh, it so, must yeah. be amazing. Yeah, we make back, them available yeah. on our Facebook page. Sweet. We, um, Here's a neat thing. So we have something called Someplace in Milwaukee County, and Steve Schaffer, one of our archivists, does this. And we get a lot of photos and we don't know what they are. And it could just be a house in Milwaukee. Well... Where do we begin? Uh, we might not know the age. So we'll put it up there, and maybe someone who's really into cars will say, no way that's before 1965 because that car started you know, in 1965. Someone else will say, oh, but you know, on the road there's this, and they didn't do those type of roads. So, that, you know. so we'll, It's kind of a crowdsource. It's
1: like history detectives yeah. almost.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing when we put them up how quickly people start with their comments, and then someone will just throw up a photo and be like, here's the house. So we've actually been able to identify things in our collection through uh, the people in Milwaukee just loving the city they live in and are lived in and uh, remembering and helping us to Come up with that history, yeah. Yeah. I
1: could probably ask you questions for hours, (laughs) but uh, we should uh, wrap this up. I should ask, uh, if people are interested, what's the best way for for them to be a part of this, for them to use the resources that you guys have through the Historical Society?
0: Uh, Well, all of our information is uh, milwaukeehistory.net. But we're down here in this historic, beautiful bank building, uh, 1913 um, bank building called the. Bre- it was the Brewers Bank at the time, is what it was fondly uh, called. Um, and uh, so our exhibits are here, our research library. Uh, we're open six days a week, 9:35, and then we also have our historic sites, which are open for different events and tours.
1: And now I have to figure out a way to make this. Audio archive (laughs) into a physical form that we can bury somewhere with a recording device or something to play it on afterwards, right?
0: Very cool. Yeah, make that
1: happen. Mabe, thank you so much. Put in the archive. It is now time for the Fox 6 pack of questions, our chance each and every week to get to know one of the faces, one of the people that you get to see on Fox 6 here at the station by asking them very little to do with their actual work here at the station. We're joined by one of the newest people here at Fox 6, our new member of the weather team, meteorologist Eric Mangus. Welcome, sir.
2: Thank you so much. The podcast really getting desperate for content I can see. (laughs) Hopefully... I can help you guys out a little bit, though, yeah. Love we are this.
1: scraping the bottom of the barrel I don't here. want people to get to know me too well, so let's not get too deep with this. Well, maybe questions. we can come back and do this again with uh, follow-ups. But to start with, <laughs> most of the people we've talked to are, have been kind of veterans, been around for a, a number of years. So oh. this will be interesting with you having just made this decision, mm-hmm. besides the station, besides the, uh, the chance here to join the weather team. What was it about Milwaukee that drew you to this job and to this area?
2: So um, I actually, way before I even knew that there was a job available, um, I I was kind of scoping out cities that I'd like to continue working at and getting experience because you know believe it or not I'm almost 25 so wow. I'm the, I'm the most experienced meteorologist in the world yes but I need to get more experience Carl <laughs> believe it or not so I am uh, I was looking at places that uh, you know had a good city science plenty to do um, decent distance from home grew up in Rochester Minnesota. Uh, so I was kind of looking for that sweet spot and not to say that there wasn't any other options, but after coming to Milwaukee, after seeing the people and of course me and the station, it made the decision really easy. Nice. I think looking back at it, like I would have done this decision a hundred times, a hundred times, maybe 99, actually. Ooh, yeah. Maybe try out some crazy things, but you hung out with those on wake up and you were like, how could I not take how this How could I not right? hang out with these people? <laughs> they're nice. I know. Just kidding. They're really mean. No, they're actually really nice, but uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was really fun just visiting and getting to know you guys, and hopefully I get to know you guys a little bit more. There we go. And enough about me, though.
1: But Over yeah. a nice long stretch here at the station. That's what we're <laughs> hoping for anyway. Um, outside of, of work, outside of your weather coverage, outside of when you're hanging out at home, where are we most likely to find you around your new city? You might find me in the woods somewhere. Ooh. Just hanging out. Actually, for
2: real, though, I love hiking and I love the outdoors. And you might get to know this over time, but I would consider myself an amateur naturalist. Wow. So I just love learning about now I've getting into this big thing with uh, grasslands and wetlands. Mm -hmm. So I like learning facts about that stuff. And I live right next to a park. So it's great. I've been learning about nature things here or there. And it's awesome. And I got to go to the zoo recently, got to learn about hibernation and learn about all these cool things. So I love the outdoors. You might see me there. Um, I love I love just meeting new people, meeting new places. So um, kind of experiencing the culture, and that's definitely something that Milwaukee has, the beer culture and the cheese <laughs> culture. Yes, indeed. I love it. Yes. And so far, we've been uh, exploring a bunch. Uh, every time my family members have come to visit, I've taken out to Lakefront, taken out to uh, a few other breweries as well. So I feel like I'm getting the hang of things here.
1: Well, maybe it'll be Lakefront. Maybe it won't be. But where and what was the last great meal you had around the area Ooh. as you explore the restaurant scene?
2: Um, let's let me think. Let me think of this one through here because we did just go to a fish fry at Lakefront Friday. Yeah, um, you've been
1: doing a tour of them around the area. Right? <laughs> I
2: know, right? I, well, we're trying to make it a thing. Every Friday, <laughs> I go to a fish fry. Um, oh. Al Johnson's ah, Door County like Swedish it. pancakes. Um, I actually, so my mom, uh, my mom's side is 100 percent Swedish. So Al Johnson's. As soon as I saw the, you know the, the grass on the roof, I yeah. knew this place would be good. The goats hanging out there, and uh, I guess you wouldn't call this local Southeast Wisconsin sure. cuisine, but Eastern Wisconsin. Hey, you're exploring
1: uh, our area. The Swedish, Swedish pancakes they
2: had were better than my mom's. Whoa, better. I hope your mom doesn't listen to podcasts. I told her that. No, I told, <laughs> I told my mom. I was like, I don't know how they did this, but Al Johnson's has better pancakes than yours, and it's not a. I'm not trying to just. Man, I don't say that lightly. That's I impressive. love my I love my mom very much. <laughs>
1: Important you know? to note that as not, well. You know? yeah, uh, I the had the to tell her yeah. that. I had to break the news to her, <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. This is going to be an interesting next question because uh, you and I don't look exactly the same, but people will have joked, including us, that we may be long-lost brothers as a fellow Scandinavian, (laughs) fellow blonde-haired person here. So who plays you in a movie? We are casting the role of Eric Maynes.
2: Maybe Robert Redford with just a lot, a lot of makeup on. I like it. Sign me up for that. He's close to 70, I think, by now. But he's one of my all-time favorite actors. Um, I think he'd do a great job. I think... (laughs) <laughs> you think
1: you would do a great job. Give the honor Tom, to
2: play Tom. You. Tom Hanks is good in any role. If he could do Mister Rogers, and he, he also did Walt Disney, I think he could play Eric Mangus. <laughs> do
1: well. you see many similarities between Mister Rogers, Tom Walt Hanks, Disney, Tom, and meteorologist Eric Tom Mangus, Hanks, twenty five years old, uh,
2: in Castaway, yeah. But after he had been cast away for ah, like a yes. few years, yes, when he was all gnarled up hair and stuff. <laughs> that if he gets back into that kind of role, because I'm kind of skinny too, so he, he slimmed up yeah. quite a bit. So if, he, uh, if, he's, if he's that kind of method actor, I think Tom Hanks... Well, once he gets
1: a probable Fred Oscar nomination for the new Fred Rogers movie, we'll let him know that there's another project out there for him, him to track.
2: I've heard, I've heard
1: Gino. Talks to them all the time. There we so, go. Yeah. We'll work the connections. Uh, what is a talent or skill that we should know about that you don't necessarily get to display on air all the time?
2: Well, I can juggle. Nice. I can. Also, Rob can juggle
1: too. Is that a requirement of? Meteorologists? No, meteorologists are just
2: weird. We all have these weird talents <laughs> and stuff. Um, uh, we, I can also moonwalk. Um, Definitely I might, need to I'm, use I'm that. I'm going to do that in the new set the, yeah. new set. the new set we have. If you guys haven't seen it, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. But they polish the floor. Mm it's not going to look that good for very long because we're going to scuff it up in no time. <laughs> but I've been meaning to moonwalk in my socks when no one's looking on those things because it's so smooth. Um, let see what else. I'm, I can also pretty much identify any tree species in Wisconsin, hmm. if you pointed out to me. Nice. I do require the leaves, though. I'm not, I'm not a bark expert gotcha. yet. But see, again, I told you, I'm a naturalist. I love learning about yeah, anything Yeah, you weren't joking nature. about that, all right. I wasn't joking. So, um, yeah. And I'm trying to learn more about insects as well. Kind of get in that you know we all get in that insect phase when we're in our twenties. I must have missed that. You must have <laughs> missed I don't that. Remember one? that phase? Oh man, maybe it's just me then.
1: <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. All right, last question for you. You're you're doing excellent here. What is the most random job you have ever had? <laughs>
2: Carl, my life has been random jobs, <laughs> but uh, I, you want me to just go through my employment history? Maybe not all of it, but <laughs> maybe a highlight or two. Actually, when they did my background check here. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, jail. <laughs> no, that didn't happen, but uh, they asked for employment. So Okay, so I started off, um, my first job was at a uh, pet store, Fish and Pets. It was, uh, it was a pretty interesting place. Hmm. Wouldn't want to work there again, but okay. I learned a lot. I, l- I smelled a lot of bad-smelling things. Pet stores lessons. go through a lot of fish, and it's gross. Hmm. Yes. Um, I'm not going to go into more detail on that. But my next job was at a tree farm. So I was a tree salesman. Hence all the knowledge. Well, I actually knew about trees beforehand. That's oh, why I, I told... Reclying. I told, And he's the best boss I've ever had. So the boss here at Fox 6 has high standards, in my opinion. But uh, Jim Whiting mm-hmm. was his name. Hmm. I think he's, he's still kicking. But uh, he was a great guy. And... Um, so I, I've worked in pets, trees, and then, you know, I try to go old school and, you know, started working at news stations because, yeah. you know, I thought, I need to get some structure in my life. And then one summer in between college, actually, I worked as a barback at a restaurant. So I have a lot of respect for people that work in the restaurant industry. Yeah, that's no joke. It is rough. And because they told me I could be a server eventually, and because you can tell from this podcast, I love talking, so... Um, they never gave me that server job. So I was <laughs> kind of like, people would
1: have never gotten into order. You know what?
2: Uh, school starts back up again in the fall. I'm, <laughs> I gotta go. So that didn't last a ton of time. But then I worked in Tyler, Texas, and then I worked now here. How about it? In Milwaukee. There you go. Actually, I did, you? there was a stop in Des Moines where I worked at Oh, good. New okay. Section so well.
1: we have gotten the entire what was the original, history. What was the original here? question? Yeah, then? you basically covered okay. it. We're going to wrap you up. But how about this for a way to close? We're looking forward to the, uh, the young 25-year-old sapling, Eric Mangus, putting down roots here and growing into a, a staple of the Fox 6
2: Weather Department. A staple, staple oak tree. Wow. Red oak is my favorite tree.
1: <laughs> okay. You're done now. <laughs> okay. That's it for another episode of Definitely Milwaukee. Uh, Thanks once again to Maine McCulley and Eric Mangus, even if we had to cut them off, for being guests on this edition. And a huge thank you to the person you don't hear behind the scenes, Leanne Watson, for putting this all together so well. If you want more of Definitely Milwaukee or Open Record, the other podcast from Fox 6, you should make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. Also leave us a rating and review as that really helps things out. And a reminder that you can also download any of the episodes anytime at fox6now.com.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail.